from the 915 to H-Town, from the Panhandle Plains to the Valley, and everywhere in between. This is the 5050 Podcast, powered by College Promoters USA. Join me, Hector Cano, as we cover the Texas high school club and college soccer landscape, along with an inside look at the college soccer recruiting scene. The 5050 Podcast is a platform about the people and for the people who are dedicated to the beautiful game. College Promoters USA, founded and located in San Antonio, operates as the only family-owned college recruiting company in Texas that brings a truly professional, local, and face-to-face approach to area high school student-athletes and their families. If your son or daughter is serious about college athletics, call them at 210-494-6363 or visit collegepromotersusa.com anytime. College Promoters USA, the best investment a parent can make in their high school student-athletes. Here we go. It's another special edition of Inside Texas High School Soccer. It is our 5A championship edition. We're joined by not one but two great championship squads who both happen to hail from the same exact school. Uh, but before that, uh, big shout out to our title sponsors. We are powered by College Promoters USA. College Promoters USA, they are America's premier college prep program and high school student athlete marketing service since 1997. For those of you located in the San Antonio, Austin area, you can find them locally here in San Antonio in the Ventura Plaza Shopping Center. You can also find them on social media, on Twitter at SATX Recruiting, as well as on Instagram at College Promoters USA. And you can also get more information on them online at their website, collegepromotersusa.com. So we are joined first. We're joined by my my right-hand man, the partner himself from Inside Texas High School Soccer, Coach Rafa. How are you, buddy? Pretty good. How are you? Hey, I'm great today. We're surrounded by champions today. Look at this. We've got a full squad here. So we are joined by uh, Coach Andy Volt, who is the head men's soccer coach for the Frisco Wakeland Wolverines and coach Jimmy Langford, who is the head women's soccer coach for the Frisco Wakeland Wolverines, along with uh, state final MVP, Will Heidman and Corey Cochran. How is everybody? Doing great, thank you. I'm good. Good. Yeah, doing well, thanks for having us on. All right, no, absolutely. Uh, hey, we're uh, lucky to have you guys on, really appreciate it. We're excited, like we said uh, in the beginning, uh, it's it's a bunch of soccer people talking soccer, so let's have some fun. And uh, so, first off, uh, coaches, uh, briefly in our uh, offline when we were kind of in our intros when we were talking, have you all had any time to breathe so far from just those couple of weeks removed from uh, the recent state title? Go ahead. Go ahead. You go ahead, Jimmy. Uh, yeah, we got back, and you know, as soon as you get back from. From the tournament, you're taking care of all your paperwork and equipment, and then right into player meetings and you know getting ready for next year. There's really no rest. Um, I guess we'll get rest in June, uh, but it's been it's been a fun ride and it's been a lot of fun things to do. Um, but the alternative is not to win and have to go through it anyway. So it's a lot more fun to go through it after you win. Yeah, yeah, and for sure, like what well, we kind of tell the guys on the bus ride home, we're getting closer to home now. Now a lot of work begins because. There's going to be some opportunities for these guys to uh, be showcased, you know, kind of like this right here. And then, uh, you know, FC Dallas had us out, had both the boys and the girls out this last weekend, uh, you know, and, and recognize those guys and girls for that. And then there's some other opportunities that are going to be coming up. And uh, these guys are going to get recognized for, for, their comp- for their accomplishments. So we're excited about it. It's been busy, uh, but it's a great busy. Yeah, kudos to FC Dallas, by the way, for doing that, honoring you all, recognizing you all, having you all out there for their uh, recent MLS uh, match this past weekend. Um, what was that like? What was the uh, feedback from the players, from the families? What was that like for you all? I, I think they had a good time. It was it was really enjoyable, you know, to, to go down on the professional field where these guys are playing. And we played a few games there, but just to, to be recognized, it was a, a, a pretty large crowd. And to have the girls be able to go down and, and be recognized and, you know, and receive the, the congratulations from the community was was pretty awesome, um, and they were they were really good for us and good to us. So, uh, Corey, Will, what was that like for from y'all's perspective? What was that like? Uh, yeah, it was really cool to because when everyone's yelling, they always want to be out in that stadium one day. So to be able to be out there 
to all the fans. It was really cool. Yeah, it was a really cool experience just being able to go out in front of everyone and just get that recognition and just hear everyone cheering for us. It was really cool. Yeah, I bet. Um, so, so coaches, you talk, you know, you all in your state final matchup versus uh, Dripping Springs and Grapevine, respectively, you all won in totally different fashion, right? Uh, the boys' side kind of convincingly pulling away, uh, taking kind of getting those those three goals in the first half. And then the Coach Langford, your girls, they decided to make it uh, make it a little bit dramatic for you, right? So what was uh, what was your thoughts in your respective games going going down the stretch, entering the second half? And then in your case, obviously, Coach Langford, beyond the second half, um, what was that like, those those nerves? Obviously, you all have been there before, uh, but uh, what was that like over the course of that match? Um, you know, it was it was kind of a chess match throughout the match. And, you know, uh, we got into the second half and Grapevine put a couple in, you know, doing what they do well. And we kept adjusting. And, you know, our motto this year for the girls has been find a way. And we got out under 10 minutes. It started to get a little tense and we moved some pieces around and Corey found the net twice in a, a four-minute span to tie it up. At that point, I felt really comfortable going into overtime that we would get the third, and then we did. But, you know, I don't know. It took three or four days for my heart to start again. Uh, it, was, it was pretty stressful. <laughs> I'm just wondering, you know, after last year, you know, losing 2-1 to one and we're down 2-0 and it's getting late, I'm thinking we got to find a way, we got to find a way, we got to find a way. And the girls found a way. I know I was talking to one of the assistant boys coaches, and he goes, yeah, I was out there and went down two nothing. And I went back inside. And we started to come out. Next thing I know, it's two two, and we're in overtime. And he goes, "That was pretty incredible." And then, it, you know, then for us to go into overtime and score that third goal was huge. Right. Awesome. Coach Holt, how about you? Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you what. I mean, sitting just like Coach said, we were going in and doing our pregame in the locker room. You know, girls were down two zero. We were having our little talk and. Then we come out and it's two to two and all the boys are sitting on the sideline. They're excited. They're fired up for the girls and going to overtime. Obviously we're, we're ready to play, uh, but we're excited that the, that the girls uh, tied this thing up and sent it into overtime. So we were excited. And then they scored the game winner right in front of us, uh, which was pretty amazing. I know the boys got up and started running like they were, you know, trying to get on the field with the girls and celebrate with them. Uh, and then, uh, you know, to see them win, uh, it was, it was awesome. I mean, it's very similar to 2018. Uh, the experience that I had when, when I was coaching then, the girls came back, ended up winning in a shootout, uh, and then we went out on the field. So for us, to, we just had to you know, calm our nerves and get ourselves out there and, and uh, go out and do, what, do our job because it was our turn and, and our, our opportunity to go out and see if we could find the win. And you know, we jumped on them early, uh, scored in the first, I think, 10 minutes, uh, right. which is something we did all playoffs. Uh, and then we just kind of set the tone from there and, and found the back of the net again about 15 minutes later. So uh, it, it was great. It was a lot of fun. And it, it wasn't as dramatic as the girls, but uh, the gold medal still is just uh, just as nice. <laughs> right, right. We'll, we'll take it the way, any way we can get it, right, Coach? That's right. So, Rafa? Uh, coaching for both coaches, uh, yeah, for, for the programs, all the success, uh, how, do, how do you, you know, uh, how do you explain the success, you know, getting to the state tournament year after year and the winning state titles and so forth? You know, what's the blueprint for that? So, you know, to, for, you know, for you guys, you know, to keep this consistency of getting to, to this round. Yeah, I think for the girls, there's a, there's a certain competitiveness um, within the program and within against the boys, you know, we don't want to have each, you know, one, either one of us to go farther than the other. I know the, the competitiveness in the girl program day in, day out really makes us better. And I know the competitiveness in our district, um, you know, we get to playoffs if we're really ready for it because there's so many good teams in this Frisco district. So I think part of that, just that day in, day out grind and the competitiveness with the practice and competitive with, that we have every day and every game as we go through the district, you know, we're a 10 team district, so we have 18 district games. Um, if you can get through that on top, then you're, you're really battle tested. And you know, we give that to the coaches in our district and the players in our district that we just kind of have to persevere and get through. And it seems like the healthiest team, the team that clicks at the last minute, really does well. Um, and so it's it's a testament to the teams, the girls, the kids, and all of our programs that we really buy into that competitiveness and really challenge each other and challenge the, the district. 
you know, I think on the boys' side, I mean, for us, I mean, it's the same thing I've been saying since I've got, you know, since I've gotten here. We got players. I mean, we got dudes like Will Hydman and Brennan Bezdek, Ryan and Greener, and we've had guys uh, from the from day one that I've been here that really can play play at a high level. And then, like Coach Coach Langford just expressed, there's a number of them. The, there's so many in practice. Uh, we, we play 11s. We we scrimmage on Fridays all through the fall, and uh, I tell those guys over and over again, this is an opportunity that no one else has because we're playing against each other and the competition level is better than any other school that they're going to have. You know, no one can do this on every Friday, you know, from August till November uh, during the class period is to get out and, you know, have a good 40-minute scrimmage and really get after it and compete. And, uh, I mean, those games were great battles. uh, I say games, those scrimmages, uh, practices are great battles uh, because there's so many players and the depth is, is so good here at Wakeland. And, and has been, and that's a, a you know a testament to these players and these guys. So, Will and Corey, I'm kind of curious, and we'll come back to it later with the coaches. But from your perspective, right, you all you all really you you make history on a different level. Back in 2018, swept uh, swept the 5A state titles, and you all are the first to repeat and do it uh, again, doing it uh, four years later in 2022. You know that history made what when you step back and think about has that even hit you all have you even thought about that what is that does that resonate what are, what, what are y'all's initial thoughts on that uh i think it's amazing uh, all the seniors were talking about in the locker room all playoffs that we want to be known as one of the greatest wakeland classes to come through and being able to uh went back to back state championships just to help prove that it meant a lot to us <laughs> Yeah, I think it's really cool becoming like the first one of the first schools to be able to both teams to win twice. And it's like just getting that recognition again is just so great to have. And yeah. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. So, Corey, talk about your your match, right? You're in that state final. And, you know, your coach just talked about it. it took him like four days to be able to restart his heart there a little while ago. Right. He talked about that. What was uh, what was that like as that as that match was unfolding? Right. And then you have not one but two in like a four minute span to put you all back in the game from your perspective. Like what's going through your mind in the lead up to that? When, and then those goals come and you clearly get the sense that momentum has changed. What's in that moment? What was going through your mind? Yeah, being down 2-0 with like 10 minutes left, it was definitely scary. You know, I had some doubt going through my mind, like, wow, we've made it this far. Like, didn't want to give up. So just getting those two in, it was very surprising. Not surprising, but I was just proud of like how far we came. And um, just being able to come out with the win after that, it was definitely like a sigh of relief. And know being able to make it that far and then come out on top it felt really good did you get the sense though that hey if we can just get one we think we can break it open were you were you all thinking that did you get that sense yeah for sure because two o's like coach Langford is multiple times it's one of the like a two o lead is very dangerous because it can be hard to come back from but after getting one in like the other team can it can just break them down so being able to get in one it can really help you okay good well so talk about your you know your time there at wakeland you've basically other than the COVID season you've played in a state tournament in a state final every year that you've been there you and your senior class talk about your time there your career there at wakeland uh what when you at least at this point when you stop and look at it look back on it up to this point what are your thoughts on that i mean it's a great program uh Coming into Wakeland, we I knew who what the program was about, what we needed we needed to accomplish, what everyone expected us to accomplish. And being able to make the state tournament every year, keep Coach Holt's streak going in the state tournament, it was great. It was it was a lot of fun. All the kids were a lot of fun. The coaches were a lot of fun. It was just a great great four years. Right, awesome, Rafa. Uh, William, as far as like with your leadership, when you have the incoming freshman. What do you tell your incoming person as far as the the program, the expectations? Uh, you know, what? How do you set the bar for them? 
as us being in that leadership role. Hello. Hello. Will you catch that? Yeah, hear me now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, can you repeat the question? Sorry, I forgot it. So, being in that leadership role, being a senior, when you come, when you get new, like your freshman, your freshman students come into the program, what? How do you set the bar for them? You know, what are the expectations for them? You know, you know. Yeah. Um. So, in the program, it's all about respect there and creating just a brotherhood in the program. Uh, playing hard every single practice and whenever we tell them like we need to be doing this we not only tell them we show them through through us and just show them that brotherhood is the most important thing in the program and respecting each other and just hard work so coaches you have uh obviously we have these two exceptional leaders here right in uh in Corey and will what what can you share with us, right, for our listeners, our programs across the state, other coaches, in terms of what will their, uh, what you all have have had the chance to see day in and day out with them over the course of the last four years, including the last couple of hard years, right, through the pandemic. But what is that, what is that lasting legacy um, when you look back on it that, you know, Corey, Will, and your senior class will leave? Yeah, I think with Corey, um, it's just her work ethic and her love of sports. Uh, you know, a lot of people don't know, but she is also a gold medalist in cross country um, with her team. And so awesome. just that work ethic of, of fighting through pain and overcoming and all that really is, is created uh, a sense of her that she just works hard. Um, she's not going to say no. She does what she she's going to do and find a way, as we say, you know, and that's kind of our senior class. Um, they're a very close group. Um, and they find a way. They work hard. They get along well. Um, they're good role models for our, our younger players. And um, it's just going to leave a legacy. And, and I hope the, the future senior class is going to live up to what they've done and how well they've transitioned our program to the next level. Um, and hopefully that will continue. And hopefully they come back and, and see the kids and, and tell them what college is like and, and really inspire them to be what they can be and, and to win more state championships. Yeah, and I think, you know, on the boys' side, you know, Will obviously is uh, is a competitor. And when the lights come on, that, that dude shows up. Um, I always talk about when the lights come on, players play. Uh, and Will Hyden was definitely one of those guys. Uh, he, he really excelled on Tuesday and Friday nights. Um, and what I, the, what I especially want to talk about with the, just the, the whole group as a whole uh, for the 2022 seniors which we had 22 seniors this year. We had a huge group. Uh, they're just unselfish. You know, a guy like Will, uh, you know, he wasn't afraid to play outside. He wasn't uh, afraid to play the 10, and he definitely wasn't afraid to play the nine. So these guys were unselfish. They were, they just said, hey, coach, we'll play wherever you want us to play. It's going to – whatever's going to make us better uh, and, and help our team win and be successful. And that's that's what that was the tone for the entire pro, uh, program with uh, the, this senior class is these guys just wanted to win. And they didn't care how it was done. They just wanted to, wanted to make sure that uh, at the end of the day, you know, we were going to get the gold medal. And these guys did everything they could to make sure that happened. And it didn't matter if they were playing or not. If you watched us, you know, after we score a goal, all of our bench is running down to the corner and it's celebrating like they had scored a goal. These guys celebrate and uh, encourage each other. I mean, it, it was a lot of fun to coach this group for the last four years. A lot of great personalities. And uh, kids that, that can play, but uh, they have a lot of fun. So, Corey, Will, how about you all from from your perspectives, right, and the perspective of your 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 classmates, right, your teammates, your seniors, your fellow seniors? What do you all feel, or have you all even discussed it? What do you all feel will be your lasting legacy over the, over the course of your careers? Uh, um, I think the definitely the brotherhood on this team. Like you said, we have 22 seniors on the team. Most of these, the team's been like best friends since middle school and before that. And just how how we got the job done two years in a row. Yeah, same. The bond we have, like all the seniors and just the team as a whole, is just really strong. And I think uh, just our playoff run was able to make us 
a lot uh, closer as a team and the people who are stepping up next year well can hopefully um, just keep that same bond and just uh, uh, stay close as a family and a team. Yeah. Rafa? Uh, looking forward for next year, coaches. Um, have you already, already looked at that for 2023? Uh, I know for Coach Hope, looking for the three-peat, uh, Coach Langer for the re for the repeat. Uh, how do you how do you feel about that going into 2023? I know that, that's our goal every year. We really look to compete as far as we can, uh, and, uh, and I think the team likes that. Uh, we go into it. You know, we've already started our planning for next year. I pulled my seniors together already to say, hey, what's your what's your theme for next year? What's your goals for next year? Um, so that when we finally do meet all the incoming freshmen and new kids, they have all that ready to go. Um, and then they kind of just from day one go. And I think that's important in the whole process uh, of teaching the traditions and, and keeping things going. And I think, you know, if, if you set high goals, you get there. If you set low goals, you know, if you achieve it, great. But you always want to set a goal that you may think is a little bit too far that way can really stretch for it. You know, they say, what they say? Perfect practice is a myth, right? You yeah. have to play to your best ability. Um, you know, sometimes you may not be good enough, but you have to do your best and your teammates pick you up. And if you build that sisterhood, that camaraderie within the team, then you can have an off day and your team will pick you up. And then when your teammates are off, they can have that. And you build that through your practice and your preseason and all that. And so when it gets tough into a game, you know, it shows up. You don't have to think about it. I think that's important. Right. Coach Holt, do you have anything to add to that? I'll just, as far as looking to next year. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I know. So, I, mean, I know you still. I know you're probably thinking, man. Let me enjoy this one, right? <laughs> let me enjoy this one for five minutes. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's that's how it works. But I mean, that's the nature of beast at uh, at Frisco Wakeland. I mean, it's a place that uh, has high expectations. High, has high goals and uh, we want to be playing on the last game uh, of the year. I mean, that's what we're wanting to do. Uh, obviously, it's there's a lot that goes into it and the preparation has already begun. I mean, we've already started and started getting ourselves ready for it. And this year is going to be different than, than most that we've ever had. Uh, we're graduating two, uh, 22 seniors. So we're, we only have about four or five kids that were on the varsity uh, this year. Uh, so we're going to have a whole new crop. And uh, we're excited. I mean, that's that's what I told the, the, the new guys. Uh, we're really excited about what we got uh, coming back, and it's going to be fresh. It's going to be new for them. And, uh, you know, we're excited about what they can do and what they can bring and what legacy they can leave. Yeah. You know, and you talk about those, uh, those expectations right there. You know, I think, you know, we have eight state titles between both of your programs here. And I mean, I'm assuming, I mean, especially Coach Holt, but both of you, Coach Langford, Coach Holt, you all probably need to be looking at some real estate in Georgetown, I imagine, just because, I mean, you guys got reservations there pretty regularly. But uh, and that's a testament to the hard work that you all have put in there. And, you know, Coach Langford talked about that district that you all play in, which is obviously going to prepare you. But one of the things that I know Rafa and I talked about it pretty regularly in during the state tournament, right? One of the things that kept coming up is like, "Hey, what's in the what's in the uh, it's in the water at Frisco, or what what is it? What's in the water, right? All that stuff." They kept talking about that. So, what do you think in terms of the the five A dominance, the pedigree? You know, we really saw it in the we really saw it in the girls state championship match. You know, Corey was talking about it where at no time, obviously, you know, they're here. They are inside of ten minutes, second half but they always looked like they believed, right? So uh, like there was, you knew you were gonna get, you know, Wakeland's best until the very end. What is it you think that really ultimately is the one or two things that fuels that 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 pedigree, right? That tradition that you all have instilled? I, I think it's, you know, our, our kids, like I said, we have, we have good soccer players and they play at a high level year round. Um, you know, they're playing it, it, ECNL, ECR, they're playing high-level tournaments, high-level games year-round. So when we get them, all we do is is we kind of sometimes manage them, sometimes coach them, but really instill the, the type of play we want them to play, and they're able to adapt and play how we want to. You know, when they play club, they're playing at a level of kids they are all the same. When they get to high school, they're playing with kids maybe above them, below them, so there's a lot of different levels in the same team. Um, so they have to adapt a lot of their game. They may have to 
play a little bit different style or even a different position. A lot of them play different positions in high school than you club. And I think that adaptation for them, I think they have a lot of fun with it. I mean, high school is fun. Um, you're playing in front of your friends. You're walking through the hallways. People are talking to you. Um, you, know, you the club games, to me, um, I coach club for a lot of years. It's more of a, a, of a job. You're really there. You're, you're doing the practices. You're traveling a lot on the weekends. And, and, it, it, and it, it prepares you to play soccer. But high school gets you ready to go to college. Um, you're going to be playing with different levels. And it's fun. I mean, you're playing for, for pride of your school. And I think that means a lot. Yeah, I think exactly what Coach Langford said. I mean, these guys, they want to have fun and not treat it so much as a job or as a chore. And I think that's our job as coaches to try to make it as fun as possible, try to make practices uh, competitive, but, uh, you know, want to have fun doing it. I mean, it is a game, and ultimately that's what we're there to do is to, to enjoy the game and have a great time with it. And, uh, you know, I think these guys, just like Will talked about, these guys have known each other for many, many years, and it's an opportunity to just continue that brotherhood. And, uh, you know, they just they enjoy being around each other and getting to compete and play and have a good time. And uh, I think that's the big deal. And then ultimately playing for the pride of the school, just like uh, Coach Langford said. I mean, there's something different when you're, when you're playing for something else besides yourself. And uh, these guys know that. And Will and uh, Will's t- talked about it on here just – the group knew that this is what they wanted to do. They wanted to accomplish this and they wanted to accomplish it uh, for the team, but also for the program and also for the school. Uh, and just, uh, you know, that expectation is there and these guys rose up. Yeah. So Corey, Will, what is, what is the community? What's it been like in your community back at your school, your neighborhoods, the surround, you know, in the Frisco area, you know, there, since you all got back after winning the state title, what's, uh, I mean, it really is a, a city city of champions, right? A school of champions. What has that been like for you all over the last couple of weeks? Uh, it's definitely been interesting. I've got I've had a lot of people come up to me and say congratulations. My neighbors that live behind me that are like 75, 80, coming over and bringing over newspapers of us. And just a lot of people okay. just coming up to me saying congratulations and good work for everything we did. It's, it's been a, it's been a lot. It's been really cool. Yeah, I've gotten a lot of recognition and a lot of congratulations from a lot of people for our team. And um, I've gotten a lot of newspapers as well that I've gotten like in the mail from other people or just people that have dropped up, uh, dropped it off at my house. And there's always like a new article that's out or just like new pictures that people are sending us. So it's been really, really fun. Yeah. Yeah. Don't don't believe when people tell you that uh, high school soccer doesn't matter. Right. Because it does, especially in this state. So absolutely. That's great to hear. Now, thoughts on can you all share as far as where you all he- where you all are headed for the next level to, to play or for your studies or what's next? Um, I'm that was my last ever soccer game. I quit club. I just decided it's it's time for me to move on. So I'm going up to Arkansas. Nice. Well, congratulations. Thank you. Uh, I'm finishing out my last club season. I'm not playing in college, but I'm also going to Arkansas. Oh, wow. Wow. Pretty awesome. So uh, what So what was it? I got to ask. What was it about Arkansas? Just, is that now? Is that a, just a complete coincidence between you two? Or? Uh-huh, it is. Uh, my brother goes up there, and I, I just love it. I go up there every once in a while. I go visit him, and I just love the school. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I just visited it, and once I saw it, I really liked it, and – I know a bunch of my friends are going there as well. So, right, right, awesome. Well, congratulations to the both of you. So, um, so uh, coaches, obviously, this has been awesome. We've we've really uh, appreciate your time. Really want to thank you all, both Ruff and I. Want to thank you all for being here, joining us on what's really going to be. You all will be our. This will be the final episode of Inside Texas High School Soccer for this season. Uh, but before we let you go. Um, any just final thoughts, shout outs? I know sometimes people like to give certain thank yous to family, friends, loved ones, community, whatever. Uh, but any, any, or final thoughts, anything you'd like to share? Uh, I just want to thank Coach Holt for everything and thank Dan Bayless as well. That's it. Yeah, and just the community and the support we that we face, and I want to thank my seniors and the team, uh, my parents who've been really supportive this year, uh, my wife and family, and our school. I mean, our school has been very supportive, and it's been a fun environment to go through. And 
you know, it, it makes you want to come to work each day uh, when it's that a good environment and you're supported. And it's, it's been an awesome year. And, you know, that comes down to school, the parents, the players, and, and just the students involved and everything. And my fellow coaches, Coach Holt, uh, the boys staff, and my assistant coach, it just it makes it, it makes it fun to be a part of Wakeland soccer. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I think we definitely have got to, you know, say thank you to Coach Secord, who's our athletic coordinator, and um, just a, what he allows us to do. And, you know, being the football coach um, and allowing us soccer guys and soccer girls to do what we do, uh, he's extremely supportive and just has been an awesome guy to work for. Um, so he's been, been amazing in that area and just always positive for us and always, you know, doing whatever he can to help us. So, Coach Secord's been great. And then, of course, the administration, Dr. Edge. And then, uh, of course, I'd like to say, you know, Coach uh, or Kenny Duran. He's one of our assistant principals since I got in here. Um, he, he is a soccer guy. He loves soccer. He coached soccer back in the day. And he's always following uh, both the boys and the girls. He's always talking to our kids. Uh, he's always talking to them about soccer. But uh, Mr. Duran has, has been a great advocate for us. And, uh, you know, he's always out there braving the cold weather. Uh, he's one of the one of the admins that signs up. Uh, to go out there and do that uh, but uh, you know a lot of people to thank of course everybody at school and and all those guys so uh, you can't do it by yourself that's for sure it takes a, it takes right. a village and uh, the the Wakeland village is big and uh, it's been great Absolutely. Corey you get the no pressure you get the last word <laughs> oh yeah just thank you to coach Langford and coach Soares and all my family and friends and just to everyone who supported our team along the way Awesome. Great stuff. Uh, again, thank you. Uh, thank you for being here. We uh, sincerely appreciate it. We're appreciative of your time and you all definitely have something very special going on there, uh, there at Wakeland. So we wish you the absolute best going forward. And as you all, obviously coaches, as you prepare for uh, next season and uh, we look forward to hopefully having you on, hopefully having you all on here again. So thank you again for your time. Thank you, Hector. Thank you, Rafa, for everything you'll do. And, uh, Promoting Thank you. Thank you, guys. Appreciate y'all. Thank you all so much. Have a good night. Bye bye. Thank you. Awesome, man. So great stuff, man. What a great group. So thoughts? What do you think? I mean, you look at their programs. I mean, they they really set the bar as far as yeah. Being, yeah. being like I said, a dynasty, the elite program here in Texas. You know. Not only just one, just for the boys, but also for the girls. You know, you can just kudos to Coach Langford and Coach Holt on what an excellent job that they do. You know, working with all, with you know with their players. You know, and, and leading to them, especially to the you know to the, get into the state championship this year. Even though two yeah. had different, one had to come back to win it. One you know kind of flexed their muscle, and but it just shows that what the the coach coaching does matter. When it gets to some of these games, especially the finals, you know, and that that coaching edge can get you a win, and and it, and then the, the proof's on the pudding right there with both with both of them. Yeah, 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 and you know, just very, you know, what what struck me in that interview too is just the the how the humility, you know, humility in that group, right? Not just the coaches, but the players, and just team. You hear teamwork, you hear brotherhood, you hear sisterhood, and it's just. And you can just tell it's 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 authentic and very um, you know just very humble. So very impressive. And uh, yeah, there's a reason why they you know they've they've put up the uh, you know the great you know they have that great pedigree that they do. So uh, thank you again to uh, the Wake, uh, Wakeland Wolverines, both the uh, men's and women's soccer programs. Uh, definitely appreciate having you all on the program. So all right, so. Uh, we're going to transition here. We're going to put you on the spot here, Rafa. Are you ready? Uh, we're going to look at your final, the RPI, right? The final Rafa Power Index of uh, of the 20, I, I guess. Well, yeah, we did it for UIL, really. But so for the 2022 season, uh, let's see if we can get this guy up here. All right. Let me... Uh... All right, so here is so we're gonna look at the girls' final, your final top ten. Go ahead and break it down for us here. So we'll we'll start from the bottom. I said we have Austin Westlake um, as my number ten. A uh, couple big wins, you know, in, in that regional final to get to the state tournament. 
Uh, I know they came a little short um, going against Rent, the eventual champ, but I have Austin Westlake as my number 10. Uh, number nine, I had Magnolia. Magnolia had an excellent season this year, yeah. you know, getting into the state tournament. Uh, my number eight was the Bernie champion, uh, knocking off the Dripping Springs, who was yeah. the defending 5A growth state champs. Huge win, huge win for Coach Walters and, and her group. Yeah, absolutely. And then that really kind of, you know, set, set the bar, you know, for them, you know, as far as how what the program is is at right now. And, um, you know, I know they came a little short. I mean, they were, they were they stuck around for a bit, but, you know, I know they came short, but they but it's a great season for what they accomplished. Uh, next one on seven is Ridge, uh, Ridge Point, which was one of my favorites. I thought they would get get to the finals, but they came a little short. You and right? I both. You yeah. and I both. Yeah. But like I said, they still had an excellent season and then number six well the the team that ended their season was Rockwall and Rockwall was not really looked at as far as being a contender and you know kudos to that program for what you know to go that far you know like I said I know they came a little short against Salt Lake Curl but you know you, you got to give it to Rockwall and hopefully that's just the beginning for them for you know to start a, a new, uh, tradition there at their campus uh five was the grapevine and I'm gonna uh, Coach Langford mentioned how tough that team was, and you know I think they're going to bounce back from this. And you know they're one of those perennial. I think another perennial pals that's similar to Wake Clan. You know, even though they're in Region One, you know even their boys team is just as good as two as them as well. Right, right. I have them as number five. Uh, number four is Midlothian Heritage uh, to make a final, uh, second final again. You know they came a little short defending their title, but. You know, kudos to them. And then number three, I have Frisco Wakeland for the girls. Like I said, you know, they, you know, they had another great season, knocked off, like I said, a really, uh, really good grapevine team to come from behind and win in overtime. And then my number two, this was tough between one and two. You know, I had to kind of really kind of think about it. You know, I, I get, like I said, I gave number two to Salina, you know, for finally getting the job done, getting, getting that state title. You know, excellent season. You know, only one loss, uh, so a great building block for their program. But my number one, and and I have to give it to them because some of the, I think they had a, one of the toughest roads to get to the fi- to the finals, and they had to beat qu- a lot of quality teams. And not to say that the other teams didn't be quality teams, but there, but some of them, the teams that they beat were nationally ranked as well. And so I'm gonna give, like I said, I'll give number one to Soft Lake Curl. Yeah, yeah, and you know the the scary thing about South Lake Carroll too is that they have, you know, that how young they are. You know, mm-hmm. they are filled with freshmen and sophomores. So yeah, that's I think that's the scary thing. Um, yeah, I mean here you talk about Midlothian Heritage, you know, as well. They just they gave us that dynamite final for what I believe was the the match of the entire state tournament uh, of the state championship week versus Salina, and just just a great group to watch. Uh, they, you know, in a definitely a worthy, worthy state champion uh, did everything they could to defend their title. So Grapevine, you know, Grapevine was exciting. Grapevine was interesting from the perspective of watching. I think they gave coaches a whole new set of ideas in terms of how to try to attack and or how to try to defend off of throw ins, because that was <laughs> that was something else to watch. I don't think anybody expected someone throwing 30 yards. I know. I know. Wow. I was like. So, yeah. And then Rockwall, you know, you talked about Rockwall. Rockwall was one that just, they kind of, you know, I really took a, I just, I took a liking to them along the way. They just, cause you know, they just, I don't know. You, you can't argue. I, obviously if you talk to them, they're going to say that, Hey, we knew we could go there. We knew we could make that run. Uh, but I think if you asked, you know, if you asked a lot of people and they told you they had Rockwall in the state, in the state final, you know, I don't, you know, I don't think they'd entirely be telling you the truth there. So, um, the uh, yeah, and then you know, you talk about Fort Ben, Fort Ben Ridge Point, who I know both both you and I were kind of. It was between we were talking about South Lake Carroll, we were talking about uh, Flower Mound Marcus, and then we were talking about Fort Ben Ridge Point, right? And tr- when it came to this this six uh, A girls, uh, the uh, the six A girls bracket, so. Yeah, I think kind of, uh, you know, they redeemed themselves, obviously, from the disappointment of last year, uh, but still for them to uh, to bow in the, in the state semifinal, I think still got a lot of people by surprise. But 
that also speaks to the power of uh, the power of Rockwall as well. So, um, yeah, well done, good stuff. Anything else to add on this one? No, uh, like I said, it, it was tough to kind of, you know, to do a top ten because there's there's you know there's other teams as well as far as like, you know, uh, you know honorable mentions. You can mention teams like the. Like uh, when we mentioned, like uh, Lumberton. Lumberton was a great team. Um, we also had. Um, I'm trying to think, just top of my head. Um, uh, let's see. Um, Lumberton, Lumberton. The Bernie Girls was another team that broke through because they weren't. You know, they had a rough season. You know, they knocked off Corpus to Cal Allen, and they ended up getting to the final. And right. And, and you know, then there's other teams. I mean, you had a Dripping Springs team that nobody thought was gonna, was going to be beaten. They were like, "Whoa, I think they're going to repeat as champions." And but like I said, you have Bernie Champion that was able to do that. So like I said, and then you have other teams like I mentioned, like Reagan, like Reagan Girls. You have Austin, like Travis, um, Brandon, just to name a few. Um, yes. Uh, Steven Vos Girls, there's another honorable mention. So there's uh, quite a few teams, like I said, they could have yeah. worked at the town 10, but, but these are my, you know, power for pound top 10 for the end of the season. Awesome. Great stuff here. That's uh, so good stuff there from Rafa. Now we'll go ahead and we'll pull up, uh, pull up the boys here for you. All right, take us away, Rafa. So now we're looking at the we got the boys, uh, your the RPI, the Rafa Power Index top, final top ten. Take us through this group here. Well, number ten, I have Katie Jordan, and what can you say about Katie Jordan being one of the newest programs in the state yeah. to get to the state tournament? So I had to include them in the top ten. They they, they gave um, Dripping Springs everything they had, and it was like I said, it was a one zero game. You know, it could have had you know Jordan scored a goal. They could have could have gotten to the final. Who knows? Maybe they go in and knock off Wakeland. You never know. It could have been that Cinderella story. Right. Um, Stephenville is another uh, great program. You know, going into you know for the boys, they, you know they were you know got eliminated by Bernie. Um, the surprise of the year was this probably mm -hmm. the second year in the row because we had one last year with Fort Worth ISD, uh, which was Diamond Jill uh, Diamond uh, Diamond Hill Jarvis, yeah. Was, was uh, Fort Worth Trimble Tech, and kudos to those kids. I mean, right. you know, no one saw this coming. I don't think they were even on the radar. I don't think even Tasco or a couple of other other outlets had them in their top tens or rankings. And for these guys to accomplish this, and they gave uh, Wakeland a fight. You know, even though they came up two goals short, but they gave they came, they they were tied at the I think at the half, and you know, you get, just gotta. Give you know hats off to them for that pro you know for their program and hopefully that's the beginning of them to start something new you know continue on for the next year. Another seven I had KB Seven Lakes. They were one of my favorites. I think maybe getting to the final because I have you know I know a lot you know about Seven Lakes and their program. They're a great program. You know just have fell short. Uh, just had that little mental collapse with Plano. You know and. Yeah, you know, yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure. You know, they're looking at that, and I, I think they'll bounce back from it. And don't be surprised if they will see them again in the state tournament. Number six is Dripping Springs. Um, great, great. You know, great season. They basically beat quite a few of the elite uh, teams in Region Four. Right. Had a, a squeaker with Cater Jordan. I really thought they were going to give uh, Wakeland, you know, a game because I said this is these are two very talented teams, but. I guess it just wasn't their day, you know. Wakeland took advantage of it, and but you can't you can't um, you know take away from what the what they did this year. So you know, being a five A state finalist is is great for them. And now they're moving up to six A. I'm sure they're going to do. I'm sure they're going to get a lot of scares from that this year. They're going to be in, so they'll do they'll they'll be just fine. Uh, number five is Plano. What can you say about Plano? Uh, the cardiac kids um, coming back down two zero. Uh, and scoring three and and then holding on and and, and winning it and you can say an extra time so um, and then getting to the final I mean they lost in PKs they took you know to Lake Travis and I'm sure they made Lake Travis very nervous going into the overtime or late and PKs and so forth but you know they came a little short 
another team that's an up and coming team is Salina. Uh, Salina, you know, they weren't able to do what the girls were able to accomplish, but you know, they got to the final. You know, they lost in overtime to Bernie, but I think there's this is the beginning of, of, of a really good program there for 4A, and they're going to be one of the dominant 4A teams for the Metroplex areas. And then number three, I have Lake Travis. Um, like I say, mission accomplished after the heartbreak from last year's loss and penalty kicks. Um, there, uh, Coach Wallhead was able to get the boys, you know, you know, focused for this year, and and they accomplished it. They being the first Austin area team to win a state championship for the boys. So, so congratulations on them. So they have them at number three, and then one and two. It was tough. This was real tough because you have repeat champions, you know, you know, and but you know, so I'm, I gave the edge to number one to Wakeland, but you know, and I'll explain why. Bernie, what can you say about Bernie? Back to back state championships, you know, Coach Straw has them. I have a feeling they may end up getting the third one next year, you know, and just for that that program to go in, very humble humble team. You know they didn't they didn't panic about anything. They're you know for a team that goes down early and then to come right back to score a bunch of goals and route you or or take you to overtime. That says something about that program. That says something special about them. And you know I think they're going to do some good things next year in 4A. I think that they have a really good shot at getting getting back here. Uh, but my number one, like I said, I think they gave the edge because this is a third final. Even though we missed the COVID year. But right. this is their third final in a row. Um, but and I give it to Frisco Wakeland. They're my number one team, pound for pound. Uh, what can you say with that program? They're they're our dynasty. Um, you know they set the bar. They are the blueprint as far as being the elite Texas high school program currently right now. And it's like what they mentioned. They have twenty two seniors are graduating. It's going to be tough. But I think Coach Holt. You know. The way he has that program, I think those kids that are take, filling in those shoes, you know, they understand what the job is about as far as taking over the leadership roles, the positions, so forth. They know what the bar is at, and I think they can, like I said, they, they, I think they can accomplish that. And like I said, don't sleep on them just because they lost 22 seniors. Like I said, they're going to be a team to be reckoned with again next year. <laughs> yeah, if there's if there's any program that can recover from uh, losing 22 seniors, it's that one. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, dynasty is really the best way to put it. I know uh, Coach Holt may not want that, he may not like that, right? But they've earned that. You know, I think they've played in you know six straight. Obviously, factoring in the COVID year, but six straight state you know state finals. They've won five five of those six. Uh, only one, obviously, being 2019 to El Paso Bel Air. But, yeah, I mean, Bernie, you know, Bernie's going to, you know, very much in contention. You can make the argument. Um, they're going to have to they're going to have to replace replace some key seniors. But and they something tells me they will have to contend with that. Uh, that Salina squad, that boy squad, which is coming of age. And they gave us a great final as well. But the and, scary uh, part about Bernie is that they returned the goalkeeper to the defense. Yeah. You know what to say about defenses. Defenses win championships, right, so, right. and that's a good and that's a good solid squad that's gonna that has gonna have a lot of experience going into the next season. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, Lake Travis, Lake Travis. It was it was great to see them break through, and uh, they you kind of saw them come of age as they were going through the regional tournament and then into the state tournament. And of all things, it kind of it became that defense, right? That defense that just that grew that that evolved. So yeah, congratulations to them. Plano, Plano, they're fun to watch. Uh, Dripping Springs, another team that was just like came of age along the way. I think you know, unfortunate in that state final versus Frisco Wakeland in terms of how it played out. Uh, you know, because a team as talented and as experienced as Frisco Wakeland, you let them get one or two quick goals on you early. It's hard to it's hard to bounce back from that. Um, yeah. Katie Seven Lakes, you know, we talked about that where they were, you know, some people argued that in most most stretches of that match, that state semifinal versus Plano, that they had outplayed them, right? Um, so yeah, so I have a feeling they'll be back. And you know, that that pride of another another Fort Worth ISD squad making it back to the state tournament in Trimble Tech. And that's awesome. Something tells me so that makes it two years in a row after 
you know, forever of not seeing anything, you know, so something tells me we're going to start seeing, you know, we're going to start seeing that more often. Uh, it's not a coincidence in terms of these Fort, Fort Worth ISD schools breaking through. Um, and then, yeah, Stephenville, it's, you know, that's just, I mean, excellence is synonymous with that name, with that school in, in pretty much everything they do. And then Katie Jordan, just a very young program that will definitely be back for sure. So, so yeah, um, great stuff there. And, you know, for those of you that aren't familiar, this was, I think, what, the third time maybe that uh, you unveiled these, if mm -hmm. I'm not mistaken. So and that's not the do the one for San Antonio. So have those soon. <laughs> right. So um, and the way these work, the concept behind these, the RPI here, the Rafa Power Index is they are not based by classification, but they are based off of a a pound for pound listing, regardless of classification, both on the boys side and girls side. Or, you know, and tell us a little bit about that, Coach. You factor in strength of schedule, strength of district. What else? Uh, just, um, you know, how, you know, this one, this group is, you know, yeah, I had that, I did have the three, the, the top three, the top three were the state champions, but, you know, each of the three had their own different routes and they had different ways to get there. You know, some had some adversity, some, you know, did kind of cruise through through the playoffs you know and but that's just how i you know based it on it and just the level of play that they were playing at the time too right you know it and and that's and when you watch those games you know it, it helps you kind of you know set the bar where they're gonna where they're gonna be ranked and so forth and you know it's not based on coaches polls but send in from others and this and that or whatever you know it's actually watching the games and i and then seeing what and then the, the opponents, so they play hard. Can they react? You know, you know, you know. Some of these teams had to come back to win just to go. You know, like I said, like like Frisco Waitlands girls, down ten. You know, you're down two zero, with ten minutes left. You know, you know, most teams would fold up, but they didn't. You know, they have why because of the of, you know coaching staff. Coach Langford has been there. He knows how they keep the girls calm and like I mentioned. Right. And was able to get you know get through and you know end up winning the state title. So I think also goes back to also coaching too, you know how are the you know guiding them and getting them to that point and and that and that factors in as well. Yeah, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Um, so yeah, I mean that's we look back on it and that's you know that's gonna that's gonna pretty much close the book on. Uh, on the 20, you know, 2022 uh, season, I know we started really, we could say 2021, 2022, because we started with our, our coverage of, of taps back in the fall. Um, I know, I know you got, you've been covering matches since, you know, when I was in season back in, you know, back in the late fall, early winter with taps. I know, uh, I know we treated you to, uh, to a pretty epic uh, match in Austin, right? Uh you want to tell us a little bit about that? What you recall? I know some of. I know you wanted to hit on maybe some of the couple of just great epic matches you got to cover this season. That that was one of the craziest games I, I, I've ever bit, uh, witnessed. You know, I've coached high school and I've been in some situations like that, but for something to see that and so know, for our listeners, tell us a little bit. Tell us about the game and how did you do it? Because since I was involved, I don't want to talk about uh, it. <laughs> just just so the amazement of being down by that many goals and then the. And then the girls just to come back, you know, and then and then they end up taking the lead, and then they came back. The other team comes back and ties. Austin High comes back, and then and then finally it and we end up at a six six tie. I'll set the stage. Let me go back real quick. So it is in February. I, I think it was February. Early. I was up in Austin. Yeah, yeah it was early February, uh, up in Austin. Uh, it's, you know, my, my girl squad in, uh, San Antonio, St. Mary's hall, taking on Austin Hyde park up in Austin. Rafa's there covering it for the uh, San Antonio soccer round table since he happens to be in Austin. And, uh, it was just absolute, it was absolute mayhem. It was one of the most nuts games I've probably ever, uh, coached in. Um, we started off horrible. We didn't, we were not playing well. We were not, we were not sharp. We were not mentally focused and, Next thing we know, we found ourselves down four to one as well as five to two, and then just mayhem just unfolded, right? Yeah. 
And I'm sure the parents of the Hyde, they were like, what the heck just happened to her team? I think they even got, they were kind of surprised seeing a guy with a headset yeah. moving a camera and doing commentary. But it especially when I started yelling the golassos and all that and you know, <laughs> the head takes. And, but yeah, to come back and see the tied at 6 6 and then see the, the dramatics on the penalty kicks. Uh, that was probably one of the funniest funniest games I ever ever witnessed. Um, there was other games too. Um, I'm trying to think. Um, What's a couple more that stand out to you? Uh, the the one that really well, the one that also stand out was that was going to the Ian's Cup. That game, Ooh, between, yeah. that game between Johnson and and yeah, Reagan. Yeah. That was that was that was a heavyweight fight, and, match, yeah. and then you know they end up splitting the regular season, and then they end up. Meeting in the in the regional court, I think of the regional quarterfinal, um, and you know Reagan ended up winning that. Um, a couple other ones. Um, uh, what was the other one? I'm trying to think. Um, I have so many. <laughs> go back and look through them. Um, yeah, you covered you covered ton, you covered more than I did Jefferson, this year. Jefferson Edison girls, uh, the district title was on the line. Jefferson. And, oh yeah, 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 yeah. And that was, and that was at Alamo Stadium, and Jefferson finally got through, poked one in, and then with about, and then they changed keepers, and then about maybe three minutes left in the game, um, kind of what happened at SAFC, and then New Mexico they get the PK, yeah. And Edison buries the PK, and then they go to they go to penalty kicks, and Jefferson wins in penalty kicks. So that was a that was a wild game. Um, you know, so that that was that, that was some that was something there, and uh, hopefully, like I said, next year I'll get to see some of the other games. I, I didn't get to see, you know, maybe I want to get to go out of town see some other out of town games. You know, not only just the San Antonio ones. I think the one I was impressed was that it was a scrimmage. It was a scrimmage with Spencer Valley and Drupal Springs. Oh yeah. That, felt, yeah, that felt like a regional final game. I know, I know, I know. And even though it was a scrimmage, they didn't play it like a scrimmage. They went, they went out and you know that was the old you know if, if there was a if you counted losses that was the only that was probably the second loss that Dripper Streams had was was against uh Swinson Valley. Yeah Swinson yeah. Valley really kind of flexed their muscle on, on that game even though they kind of let Dripper Streams creep back a little bit but they controlled most of that game so that was that was a fun one of the fun games to watch as well. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of great games this season. I know we covered we covered a good bit. Obviously, you covered even more than I did with me being in season in season for a large stretch. But uh, but you know, hey, uh, it's a great been a great season, and uh, we'll look. Uh, maybe we'll bring something back in terms of inside Texas high school soccer early uh, early next fall. We'll, you know, we'll we'll uh, maybe unless we have some special, you know, maybe some special edition, some special yeah. episode. We did we have realignment, so that's very mm-hmm. interesting. We did. Yeah. Like I said, looking at the realignment for UIL, it, it's going to be very interesting. There's some teams that went from Region Three to Region One, and right. um, some new schools that have new programs. Um, like here in San Antonio, we have Soto Mayot High School, brand new six A program for boys and girls. Um, you have Swinton Valley Piper. Piper enters the mix in five A, which causing Smithson Valley to come down to five A as well. So. And that's going to make you, you want to talk about a, a tough district there. You know, Smithson is going to be what Smithson Valley, Bern, uh, Bernie Champion, Piper, New Braunfels Canyon, Kerrville Tyvee, Veterans, Veterans, yeah, San Antonio Veterans Memorial, Seguin, um, Seguin's the other one. Yeah. So that's going to be a pretty tough, pretty tough one, pretty interesting one for sure. So. And then you have other schools like Alamo Heights moving. So they're moving to a new district, but then out. Other places, like you mentioned, like in the El Paso area, Foray, you have El Paso mm-hmm. Bowie moving down to Foray. That that boys team could probably do some damage in that region. And could- El Paso Austin, you know Austin. that that you know that district one four A. I believe it's one four A. It literally it doubles in size. It goes from five to ten. So that's gonna be, you know, that's gonna be a tough one. That's gonna be a tough one, especially when you got programs like. Bowie and uh, and Austin and El Paso Austin that are now entering that that district that's going to be a tough one. So yeah, and then uh, others other places I looked at I know like for five A, uh, one of the 
one of the big teams that went down to from 6A to 5A was uh, um, La Jolla, Juarez Lincoln. Mm-hmm. They're going down to 5A. Um, you know, they're going to do some damage. Like I said, you got your still your same Brazil schools. Um, you mentioned we mentioned about um, Frisco Wakeland. Um, so they split those two districts, and it's not going to be like a long 10 team district. Uh, now they're there's now they're with Frisco, Lone Star, Reedy, Wakeland, uh, Wakeland's in there. You have the Colony, uh, Carrollton Creek Views, Carrollton Smith, and Turner. That's another tough district for right. them. Um, so it's it's a it's going to be very interesting for 2023. Hopefully, like I said, we'll get to break it down as far as in the districts of what surprises we can see, but um, and then what new schools pop up as far as new programs besides Lithamayo. Well, I know where there's a few going going around, yeah. like here here in San Antonio area, we have Pearsall, a, a brand new 4A program. So we'll see how they do. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, we had a. a <clears throat> Shout out to like I said to Hondo. Like I said, Hondo, Hondo was a brand new program that we right. That me and Harry Atchin went to go see. We went to their first ever district game and they and they won both games, the boys, the boys and the girls. So, so the popularity of that high school soccer here is, is coming up, and hopefully, like I said, it it gets the respect and the and you know the the coverage, not just when it's the playoffs or just when because someone made the final. You know, we're hoping that you know so, a lot of the media outlets start covering them from the inception of the season and so forth and, and, and give these kids cause they do work hard all year to get, you know, to be part of these programs. Right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You know, one, one program at a time, even if it's one new program here, one new program there every year, you know, just, we talked about, I know there was a few, you know, we've had Snyder's, I believe what, two years, mm-hmm. two years into existence and they're making runs in the state playoffs out out west, the furthest out west new program, which was uh, Fabens, right? The Fabens Wildcats, um, out there outside of El Paso. So, um, so yeah, even like I said, just brick by brick, right? One new program here, one new program there, um, and yeah, I mean, before we know it, we're gonna have <laughs> we're gonna have four A through seven A because I think that's that's imminent, uh, mm-hmm. probably maybe within the next cycle, possibly in terms of realignment. We'll see how that plays out. But yeah, so a lot of things to come for sure. So, um, yeah. But hey, this is uh, this has been great. Uh, any uh, any final final thoughts, shout outs, thank yous, anything before we before we wrap uh, it up? Uh, just um, uh, hopefully we'll be back on for San Antonio Soccer Roundtable. We're we're out, out a little bit, but hopefully we'll be back. Hopefully maybe tomorrow or Thursday. We're not sure yet um, to go over uh, San Antonio FC's. Uh, yeah. Uh, I guess you can call their the last five games, uh, you know, the Grim Reaper <laughs> slicing down, uh, not only knocking off, well, three games in a row we've won in the USL, but then the big one last week knocking off uh, Austin FC. Um, so we're, we're pro- hopefully we'll get to do that on the 11th of May against uh, the Houston Dynamo. So I think we can – hopefully we can pull that one off and then – also, hope we'll probably do a preview of Saturday's game against Monterey Bay, which is a new one of the newest teams in the USL. So it should be a good a good matchup for us. Hopefully, we can make it four in a row and stay on top in the Western Conference. Are they the Are they the newest team in terms of expansions, or are there other expansions yeah. this year? Are they the newest ones, I, I believe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because awesome. last year I think it was Oakland Roots last year. So this right. is Monterey right. Bay. Monterey Bay actually used to be, I think. They were either I think they were the Fresno Fresno I think or Reno one of those two and they moved out to I think it was Fresno that they moved out to moderate to moderate uh, what it is okay okay gotcha yeah interesting yeah because I know because they're a true like they're a brand new they're they're a true brand new expansion I guess versus like for example Detroit City who's in yeah. there for a year in USL who's been around for a while now but yeah, they're part of NISA yeah right right in NISA yeah so. Awesome stuff, man. Well, hey, uh, my final thoughts is I just love doing this. Thank you. Uh, being able to be part of growing the game, telling the stories, you know, being able to give give a little bit more insight from our coaches, uh, from our coaches to our student athletes, being able to highlight some more, you know, that, that'll be one of the bigger shifts and focuses that we do in the upcoming season is uh, more highlights, more more showcases of, of student athletes, um, and getting more information out there in terms of the college recruiting front, 
uh, along with from our good partners, obviously, uh, Cause Promoters USA. But in terms of using, you know, using our platform to get questions interactive with uh, with parents as well, as far as things they're hearing, questions they might have as it pertains to just, you know, the high school side, the club side, the, the college recruiting front in general. And uh, yeah, and like I said, along with our help from our, our proud partners, College Promoters USA. And uh, so, yeah, uh, really looking forward to that. Thank you to, you know, all our our parents, our, co our coaches, our student athletes, our parents, our administrators, our supporters, our boosters across the state, everywhere. The, <clears throat> the sports writers, the ones that cover, you know, that cover the game. Thank you. Uh, especially, you know, during the, during the state playoffs, which are always just every year, they seem, you know, since the pandemic, they just really seem to be heightened in terms of how just cr more crazy and crazy and crazy they get right in terms of, uh, a different type of March madness, right. Is what we call it. And uh, so it's been great and uh, love doing this have, you know, thank you to you have absolutely loved working with you. This has been great. Uh, big thank you to Harry, Harry Austin as well from the San Antonio soccer round table, just because he puts in a lot of work behind the scenes in terms of our, you know, our mega, our mega six hour bracketology bracket. And, uh, you know, but just behind the scenes and he just does great stuff for uh, for the game behind the scenes as well in support of coverage. And, uh, you know, big thanks to to many, many people are our supporters. You are big ones, our listeners, our supporters. You are ultimately, along with our student athletes, our coaches and our parents, the reason why we do it. And our supporters are all of those people. Right. So uh, thank you for all the kind words, all your support. As we continue to make this uh, a point to push, push the game, push the game of specifically high school soccer, right? Texas high school soccer, push it forward. And uh, thank you. Uh, it, it's been a blast. We've loved it. And uh, like I said, as we shift back to our traditional platform in terms of the 50-50 podcast, we'll have some great episodes coming up, highlighting some more college coaches. Uh, so we'll be excited, uh, excited about that. And like I said, we'll have some some special edition episodes as well of inside Texas high school soccer coming up down the road, whether they be panels or as Rafa mentioned, realignments. So let's get out of here, buddy. This has been great. Thank you, man. I've loved working with you. Yeah. Working with you and everything. Yeah. Thank you, man. Thank you. Appreciate it. And for our listeners, thank you once again. And until the next time, you know what to do until the next time, keep downloading and keep listening. You've been listening to the 5050 podcast powered by College Promoters USA. Help us continue to grow by liking, rating, and subscribing on all major podcast platforms. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at 50 underscore 50 pod, on Instagram at 50 underscore 50 podcast, as well as on YouTube at the 50 underscore 50 podcast. Until the next time, keep downloading.